verse, we'll read from verse number one um, through to verse, let's read through to verse number four. Now it came to pass in the days of Ahasuerus, this was the Ahasuerus who reigned over 120 provinces from India to Ethiopia. In those days when King Ahasuerus sat on the throne of his kingdom, which was in Shushan, the citadel, that in the third year of his reign he made a feast for all his officials and servants, the powers of Persia and Media, the nobles and the princes of the provinces being before him, when he showed the riches of his glory, of his glorious kingdom, and the splendor of his excellent majesty for many days, 180 days in all. So what you find from verse number one through to verse number eight, I'll, I'll just summarize that and go back to verse number one. You'll find three things that are important. The first thing, we are introduced to a king. And the second thing, we are introduced to a kingdom. And the third thing, we are introduced to the aspect of the law. That's what you find from verse 1 through to verse number 8. You find the king, the kingdom, and the law. The king, the kingdom, and, and the law. And as you are going to see throughout the book, there are a number of people who are a type of Christ throughout the book of Esther. Now, when we say someone is a type of Christ, David is a type of Christ, Joseph is a type of Christ, we are not saying that they are a perfect representation of Christ. But we are saying that there are some aspects in their lives that foreshadows or shadowed, foreshadowed then the coming of the Christ. Abraham, a type of Christ, Isaac, a type of Christ, Jacob, a type of Christ, but we are not saying everything about his life was a type of Christ. And we say David was a type of Christ, then we say, oh, so when he married Bathsheba, he was a type of Christ, and uh, when he killed Uriah, was it? no, no, no. There are aspects in their lives that speak of the coming of the Christ. Is that clear? So that's what it means when we are talking about someone being a type of Christ. So as we are going to go through the whole book, you'll see that there were times when Ahasuerus, who was the king, was a type of Christ. Esther was a type of Christ. Um, uh, there is another guy uh, who was a type of Christ. Uh, what was his name, by the way? Was it Haggai? Yes, I'm sure it was Haggai. Was also a Haggai, was a type of Christ. He was a eunuch who worked for, for the king. So I wanted to just make this clear so that we know that not everything about that person will represent the Christ, but there are certain times when a person's life was a representation of the Christ. So back to verse number one. Now it came to pass in the days of Ahasuerus, this was Ahasuerus who reigned, right? Take note of this. This was the Ahasuerus who reigned over 127 provinces from India to Ethiopia. 
So as I was doing my study, this is what I got. I learned that the term Ahasuerus was probably in most cases used as, not in all cases, but in most cases it was used as a title, just like Pharaoh. Then there arose a Pharaoh who did not know Joseph. So Pharaoh, it was a title, not necessarily the name of the person. So there was a Pharaoh when Joseph went into Egypt, and then that Pharaoh died, and there was another Pharaoh who did not know Joseph. So now there is this, in the days of Ahasuerus, this was the Ahasuerus who reigned over 127 provinces, which means there were other Ahasuerus who did not reign over this large a territory. But this one is the one who reigned over what? A 127 provinces. Let's go to Daniel. Daniel chapter number 9, verse 1. Daniel chapter number 9, verse 1. It says, In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of the lineage of the Meds, who was the king over the realm of the Chaldeans. Are you seeing this? There is Darius, the son of Ahasuerus. Now, this Ahasuerus is not this Ahasuerus who reigned over 127 provinces. Okay? Why do we say he is not this Ahasuerus? We say that because Daniel and Esther were not... Um, were not in, did not live in the same time frame. Okay? They did not live in the same time frame. Daniel lived uh, in these kingdoms that we hear in the book of Daniel. They were uh, from about 600, uh, 605 B.C. to 536 B.C. So B.C. is before Christ. So the numbers go down, all right? So we go from 600 B.C. to 500 uh, B.C. to 400 to 300 up until, you know, the coming of, of the Christ. But this Ahasuerus that you find in the book of Esther was in charge from 486 uh, B.C. to, you know, about 465 B.C. Now, all this is important, okay, um, just to make it clear. Everything that we are saying is very important. Okay? So this is, this is different because sometimes there is confusion whether uh, Esther and David and, and, and Daniel were contemporaries. They were not. Right? They, they, they did not live at the same time. Their ministries were not at the same time. Daniel was first. And again, uh, this, this one, Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, he was king over the Chaldeans, that is Babylon. And now this one that we find in the book of Esther was in charge of, you know, um, Persia, Media and, and, and Persia. Okay. Now back to Esther now. So if you read other versions, they say Ahasuerus, others say excess, uh, right? So the Greeks... It's understood that the Greeks called him uh, Exes, the Hebrews called him Ahasuerus, and the actual name uh, from the Persian language is very difficult to pronounce, so I won't, I won't go there. 
for the sake of my reputation. <laughs> I, I, won't, I, won't, I won't give you that one. So, important things here that we are going to look at. All right. Is that this king Ahasuerus, he took over from his father. Right? He took over in his reign. He took over from, from his father. Now, you don't find this in the Bible, but you find it in history. Okay? Uh, just like uh, when we say it was written in, I mean, all these things that happened, they happened in 486 B.C. You don't find the 486 B.C. in the Bible, but this is history. Okay? Because the Bible was not written outside of time. It was written when things were happening at that particular, at that particular time. All right? So, he took over from his father. His father was a great man, and his father is the one who had conquered all these territories that you then find, the 127 territories. So the young guy came in, um, Ahasuerus, and he took over from his father. Now, this is important. Why is it important? It is important because it points to the fact that it was not a democracy, okay? Because democracy is, the power in a democracy belongs to the people. In a democracy, power belongs to the people. Okay? But in a monarch, autocracy, power belongs to the king. The power belongs to the king. In a democracy, the power lies in the hands of the majority, in the hands of the people. That's why we can vote you in and vote you out. But now, in a, in a kingdom, in a kingdom, in a monarch, the power belongs to, yes, the monarch. It belongs to the house of kings. So, and what qualifies you to reign and to rule in a monarch is your birthright. Whether you are not popular, whether you are immature, it's not your maturity, it's not your strength, but it is your birthright. So birthright qualifies you to rule in a kingdom. Okay? So you are just born a king. So as I was looking at this, I then realized that princes are kings waiting to manifest. All right? A prince is a king that is waiting to manifest. But when they are born, they are already born kings. They don't become kings. They are born kings. They manifest at different times and assume the office of kingship. But the moment that they are born, they are born as kings. So this guy, Ahasuerus, when he took over, he only took over simply because his father had vacated office and the father had died. Therefore, there was an opening and he took over. Okay? But we are in a kingdom where the father does not die. The moment that we are born, we are born kings in the kingdom. We're going to see that as we proceed. 
We are born king, kings in the kingdom. The father does not die. So we start to manifest from the very time that we are born again. That's why the Bible says we reign with him. We don't reign after him. We reign together with him. This is important because everything that we're going to find in the book of Esther is about a kingdom. It's about a king and a kingdom. And we need to understand these dynamics because we also are in a kingdom. And in that kingdom, we are kings in that kingdom. And knowing that, that we are kings in the kingdom is what will give us the right to reign and to rule. Not because the majority approves of our rule, but because we are born this way. Okay? So, his kingship was passed on. Alright? His kingship was passed on. Not only was the kingship passed on, even the territory was passed on. The domain, that is the kingdom, it was passed on. So you are assuming everything. You are inheriting everything that you did not work for. Praise God. So I wrote here, your maturity does not in any way dismiss your kingship. Maturity over birthright. Birthright always reigns. The Bible says woe to a people whose king is still a child. Have you ever seen that in the book of Proverbs? So the king is immature. But you, you cannot say, well, no, 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 you can't be. If you check in the history of the, 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 the Israelites, the Hebrews, you will find there was a guy who became a king when he was eight years old. He was now king. Eight years old, he, he was king. Now, who makes an eight-year-old a king? It's not people. The, he was made the moment he was conceived in his mother's womb. Born. He was born a king. Right? Wisdom aside, that's why you can be a child of God but stupid. That's why you can be a child of God but immature. That's why you can be a child of God but... Okay? But you are still what? You are still a child of God and God cannot disown you based on immaturity. Corinthians is a very good example where you find a lot of confused people in the book of Corinthians but there were saints in Corinth. Now Paul comes and says, how are you going to judge angels if you fail to judge these issues? Because you are kings. Don't you know we are going to judge angels? Now why do you go to these secular you know, courts and, and have your disputes uh, settled in the court of law? Don't you know that we will judge angels? Now we need to be able to sit down and judge our own matters because we are kings and kings judge matters. Unfortunately, it was a bunch of carnal kings, immature kings. 
So David was king in Israel. And after David, Solomon came, he was king. And the first thing that he asked of the Lord was wisdom. Lord, give me wisdom to what? To reign over your people. Now, I was, I was actually thinking about this for about two weeks or so now. I'm glad God has brought it to my, to my remembrance now. And I was like, he prays for wisdom. God gives him wisdom. Two ladies come. They've got a child or two, one dead, one alive. Both of them claiming that the child is mine and the other one says the child is mine. Wisdom says, all right, let's take a sword. Cut this child in half. You get a piece, you get a piece. What did wisdom say? Let's cut the child into two. That was wisdom. Wisdom said, let's cut the child into two, into a half. Wisdom said, not the devil. Wisdom said, let's cut the child into half. Now, don't interrupt wisdom before wisdom accomplishes what wisdom is ordained to accomplish. Now, this is important. Don't run away from the court and say Solomon wants to kill the child. Now, I've dealt with, you know, with my wife. We've dealt with a lot of marriage issues. And uh, we canceled this couple after some, you know, we canceled this couple and then the guy stopped coming for counseling. The, the ladies continued to come, always complaining, always complaining. Then my wife and I, one day I said to her, when she came a couple of years ago now, I said to her, you know what? Go tell your husband. Because the husband was always threatening. I'll leave you, I'll leave you. Then I said, next time when he says that, go tell your husband that it's okay, it's now over. I'm leaving. Then she says, but pastor, you know, when I leave, I don't want anything. I don't want property. I want to go and start on afresh with my children. Then I says, that's what he wants. So you don't give him that. You say, I'm leaving and I want half of everything. Now, they were both Christians. They were going to another church where they had gone through counseling and all that. Then I said, look, wisdom now says, go and say you now want out. She went from that day until now. The husband never said anymore that I want you out. They are living in peace. Now, you don't do that all the time. You do that when wisdom. Now, I, 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 <laughs> now, imagine, because this is wisdom, but if you look at it, how can a king and how can wisdom say kill the child? No. It was not really about the killing of the child. It was exposing. The wisdom was there to expose the heart of these two women. And truly, wisdom exposed the heart of the two women. So sometimes there are certain things that wisdom will tell you to do to expose the heart. But when you interrupt wisdom... Okay. All right. So he prays for wisdom. God grants him wisdom. But after God grants him wisdom, this is what I like. After God granted Solomon wisdom, still Solomon had advisors. People who advised a man who has received wisdom from God. Isn't this amazing? 
God says, I've given you wisdom. You now are the wisest man in the whole world. There was no one as wise as, as Solomon. The queen of Sheba came. Wise guy. All right? But still the wise guy had advisors. You see? His, F, his first application of his wisdom was to look for advisors. Using his wisdom, he realized that wisdom needs wise men. And wisdom requires advice. So he got advisors in wisdom. Now, I'm, I'm just sharing this so that you know that kingship and wisdom and immaturity and maturity there are two things that are completely separated you can be king and be mature you can be king and be immature so david is an amazing king solomon comes in amazing guy he has got wisdom and then after solomon solomon had a son his name was rehoboam and the first thing that rehoboam did he consulted the father's advisors and they said you know what how about you lessen the burden Rehoboam says okay fine noted I'll come back to you you know he's talking to the house of Israel I'll come back to you he then spoke to the advisors who advised his father and they said this is in first Kings chapter 12 and uh, the advisor says well what uh, what these guys are saying please consider it then the Bible says he rejected the wisdom of the wise. Now, First Kings chapter 12, let's read that quickly. <clears throat> From verse 8. But he rejected the advice which the elders... First Kings chapter 12, right? From verse 8. But he rejected the advice which the elders had given him and consulted the young men who had grown up with him, who stood before him. And he said to them, what advice do you give? How should we answer these people who have spoken to me saying, lighten the yoke which your father has put on us? You see, now he is rejecting the wisdom from the men who advised a wise man. And he is going in his immaturity to the young. And he is looking for advice from the young. Not, not that the young are not wise. Now, young people can be wise because of Christ, but I'm going to come to that. But Proverbs says, wisdom is in gray hair. And when the Bible says wisdom is in gray hair, it is assuming that you got, you know, the years that you lived, you were learning from, from your experiences. Because you don't become wise because you are old. You become wise because you have learned through the experiences that you have gone through. It's not a wisdom lesson anyway. <clears throat> right? So he rejects the wisdom of the wise man and he goes for, yeah, the young guys. And that became a problem for Israel. And if you continue to read, the next king who came, Jeroboam, was his son. The kingdom of Israel got divided into two. There was now Israel, there was now Judah. 
because of the immaturity of Rehoboam who rejected the wisdom of the wise. All right? So if you find unwise believers, they are still kings who are not wise. Okay? A diamond does not become one when it is in the jewelry shop. It is a diamond when it's still in the ground. It is a diamond when it's still full of mud, when it's not polished. It does not become a diamond because it is polished. That's why wise people, they don't go for it when it is now in the shop. They look for it when it is there because many people don't see its value when it is in the ground. And they see the value of it when it's in the ground and they polish it. And when you buy it now as a finished product, it's way, way expensive because somebody polished it. Can you see diamond when it is in the mud? Okay. So this guy, Ahasuerus, is coming in. Now, it is believed, history says, he failed at the end to keep the kingdom as intact that his father had passed on to him because he lacked the wisdom. But what made him to sit on the throne was birthright. That's it. Nothing else. And we'll explain that as we as we go. Praise God. Matthew chapter 16, verse 17 to 8 to 19. Matthew chapter 16, verse 17 to 19. Ahasuerus, who reigned over 127 provinces from India to Ethiopia, given to him by the father who conquered and say, son, you take over. You sit on the throne and you reign. Not the other Ahasuerus, no. But this one reigned over 127 territories. From India to Ethiopia. You never worked for it, but you are just there. And you are sitting over the territories that you did not fight and conquer, but you are king. Why? Because you were just born right. You were just born right. You were born right. Born right. Born this way. Right? Are you there? And answering, Jesus said to him, spiritually prosperous are you. This is from the West Bible. Simon by Jonah, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. You know, he had given that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says, spiritually prosperous are you, Simon by Jonah, that is son of Jonah, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Moreover, as for myself, I also am saying to you, you are rock, Petros, a detached but large fragment 
of rock. And upon this rock, Petra, so the first one is Petros, and upon this rock, Petra, a rocky peak, a massive rock, I will build my church. So you are Petros, a fragment of the rock, of the massive rock, Petra. You are Petros from Petra. And upon this Petra, I will build my church. Right? And the councils of the unseen world shall not overpower it. I shall give the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I shall give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth, forbid to be done, shall have been already bound, forbidden to be done in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth, permit to be done, shall have already been loosed in heaven, permitted to be done. So everything starts in heaven and it manifests here on earth. Let your will be done on earth as it is in, as it is in heaven. Okay? So, Petros, Petra. So upon this rock, Petra, I will build my church. But now you are no longer Simon by Jonah. But you are now Petros. You have been taken. You are a fragment, a large fragment that has been taken from Petra. Are you, are you with me? I'm talking about Ahasuerus, right? And being a king. Right. Now, Simon means reed. That's Simon. That's, that's a reed. If you go to the book of James, it says... Uh, a man who doubts is like a reed of the, yeah, a reed, which easily can be swayed and moved by the wind. And that man should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Which means if you are a Simon, you cannot expect to receive anything from the Lord because you are unstable in all your ways. That's what he says in the book of James. Unstable in all your ways. But you are no longer that. You are no longer a reed, Simon. Because you are unstable. One day you are like this, the other day you are, you are all hyper all the time. Okay? You are not predictable. We put you here, we find you, you are here. We put you there, you are now here. So, no miracle can locate you. No authority can be bestowed on you because you are not stable. If I say stay here, if the wind blows, the wind will shift your position. You are a reed. Swayed by every wind of doctrine. That's why his hypocrisy is evidence that he had forgotten who he now was. He had gotten back to the reed Simon. Where before the Jews came, that is in the book of Galatians, they were eating together. But after the Jews came, he, he left these uh, poor, you know, poor guys. And Paul had to rebuke him because he had gotten back into the Simon form. Read, unstable. All right? We just go with the wind. Where, is, where, where are we safe? You know, when he, when he saw that Jesus is about to be crucified, he said, I don't know him. I never knew him. He denied him. You see? Gotten back into the Simon version. A reed. Easily moved. After that, uh, <laughs> okay. 
Okay. Read, son of Jonah. Now, Jonah is from Jonas. The Hebrew root is wine beba. So he simply said, you are Simon by Jonah. It can mean unstable son of a drunkard. <laughs> you, Simon, unstable son of a drunkard. That's where he was coming from. Son. Right? Because Jonas, from its Hebrew root, it can be translated as wine beba. So you see where his instability is coming from. When you are drunk, you are not stable. Even your walk is not stable. That's why the Bible says, be only drunk with the Holy Ghost. Not with wine. Okay? And an elder must be a one who takes a little wine. <laughs> you don't like it. It's there in your Bible. Anyway, it's not my topic for today. But there's a verse that says that, that oh, you take a little one, little, little wine. I don't drink wine. I'm just making this clear so that I'm just saying what the Bible says. Sometimes the Bible says things that you don't like. Yeah. Okay. So now, when he is now saying you are no longer an unstable son of the drunkard guy, but you are now Petros. Ria, can I, can I get my scissors there? You are now Peter, Petros, from... You are right in front of the camera. You can just wave to the people. All right. So, so I took this, yeah. So let's assume this is, this is Petra. This is the rock. So he says, you are no longer what? Simon, the unstable son of a what? Of a drunkard. But you are now Petra. Oh, no, you are Petros. You are now Petros. Right. So, you have been taken from where? From Petra. You are now Petros from Petra. Right? I want you to put this in your mind because we're going to come back to that. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 51, verse 1. Born king. You are a king. You don't become one. Isaiah 51, verse 1. Listen to me, all who hope, in, who hope for deliverance, all who seek the Lord. Consider the rock from which you were cut, the quarry from which you were mined. Listen to me, all who hope for deliverance, all who seek the Lord. Consider the rock right from which you were cut the quarry from which you were mined consider don't forget the rock 
So if this is Petra, he's saying, don't forget that you, Petros, the very substance that is in Petra, in the large rock, is the very substance in the Petros. You are a smaller version of this. Now, if you check the DNA of this cloth and this one, it's the same. But the good thing about this now, the reason why this illustration is not a perfect one, is this. Now, in Christ Jesus, you are cut. You, we, we were yuned from him. But we are still in him. They are not, we are not two. We are one. We are not patched. We are one spirit. So we are, that's why we reign together with him. Because as he is eternal, we are eternal. And our kingship only becomes effective when we always remember the stone and the rock from which we were hewn, from where we were cut. But if you run around and you forget where you were cut, because the devil is always there to try and make you forget where you were cut. And he, 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 he talks to you as if you, you are independent. You are on your own. But if you always remind him from where you were, you were cut, and the rock and Petra, and he says, if you cannot move Petra, you cannot move Petros. Because it's the same fabric. What is in Petra is in Petros. The DNA in the king is the DNA in the prince. Making the prince the king. Waiting to manifest. You get that? So we are the God material. We are God material. We have the same genetic makeup with him. That's why the kingdom can easily be passed on to us. And he can easily say, you know what? The heavens are, are gods, but the earth he has given to the children of men to rule, to have dominion. Why? Because what is in him is in us. Genesis chapter 127. God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. In his own image, after his own likeness. Everything that is God is you. Now, you don't need the majority to see that. Because this is not democracy. Where power lies in the opinion of the majority. Now, power does not lie in the opinion of the majority. No. In a monarch, power lies in your DNA. Ah, come on. Power lies in your birthright, not in the majority. Even if a million people say, we want Mr. So-and-so to be our king. DNA will disqualify Mr. So-and-so. So the majority rule does not work. So never, never operate by the opinions of men. This is your DNA. 
You are a product of the word. That's why the Bible says you are, you are born of the indestructible seed. The price that was paid for your redemption is one that is incorruptible. It is one that cannot be defiled. And your DNA is word. You are word. As you are seated there, you are word. Because in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. Verse 17, and the word became, verse 14, the word became flesh and dwelt in our midst. Why did flesh, the word become flesh? So that flesh can become word. So now we have become word. We have become everything. That word is. Praise the Lord. We have become everything that what? The word is. Same DNA. Same genetic makeup. That's why we have to reign in this life. Not in the one to come. But we reign with him in this life. Because the earth was given to the sons of men. Come on, this is our territory. This is our place to rule. This is our place to reign. Because as he is, so are we in this world. I will not reign over 120 provinces if daddy gave me 127. No. I will not let immaturity shrink my authority and my territory where I rule. You didn't hear that. Because the territory can be there. But if you don't have a revelation of what was passed on to you, you reign over a small territory. That story, that story of Jehoshaphat where you then find uh, Jehoshaphat and, and the other two guys, the king of Judah uh, and the king of Edom, where the Bible says, you know, that, that story, it is an easy thing in the eyes of the Lord where the trenches were filled, the ditches were filled with water. You know the problem there? A territory was given. But after a territory was given, when a new king came, when the one died, they says, now let's shrink the kingdom and take back territory. And this one was like, no, you cannot take back territory because what was given to me by my father, I will reign over. Every time there's a change of a king, every time power and authority is given to another, there will be others who want to cause an uprising. They want to resist the new guy in office. All right? So you should say, if God gave me authority, he gave us power. All authority has been given unto me. Behold, I give you power. Power to do what? To trade upon scorpions and serpents, and nothing shall by any means harm you. <laughs> so if all authority was given to you and to me, how come there are certain things in our lives that don't look like they are under authority? We should bring them. Every high thing that exalteth itself above the mind of God, we should bring it to submission. It must be subject to the mind of God. 
it must be subject to the authority of kings. And you are that king. And you are created that way. It's not something that you get because you have fasted. No. It's something that you get because you have an understanding of who you are. Wisdom. Of all God has given you and me, the question is, what is under your authority now? Of all that God has given us. No, let, let's leave the quotation of scripture on the side. Because we can quote all scripture. But of all God has given us, what is under our authority? If you are a king and there is another one who is not under your authority, what does the Bible say? Not even the Bible. It's secular. You remove and replace Right? If we have conquered, we, if you don't want to be under authority, what, is it, what happens? You remove and you what? You replace. Are you getting this? So every thought that is not subject to the authority of God needs to be removed and replaced. That's why when you, when you are in the night and you are dreaming bad stuff, wake up, reset, sleep again and dream what you want to dream. You are in authority. You cannot dream bad stuff all the time. Invading your privacy. Evil spirits invading your privacy. And you look for another king to reign over your life. It's me. I'll do it. I'll bring that to subjection. Praise God. Ephesians 4.24 wait for the gold in heaven. It will not be gold anymore. Gold in heaven will no longer be gold. It's no longer. Its meaning to you now will be different from how it will mean to you in heaven. In any case, we'll be walking the streets of gold in heaven. It's true. We will be walking in the streets of gold, you know, gold in heaven. But it will, it will be different. It will be just like the pavement outside. It will mean nothing. Gold means something here. Because here it is a symbol of wealth here. Not in heaven. In heaven it's just like something, it's dust. Imagine you enjoy your gold here, you enjoy it in heaven. That's even better. Ephesians chapter 4, 24. <laughs> what is it that is not under your authority? And that you put on the new man, which was created according to God, in true righteousness and holiness. It was created, your new man, which was created. I love this verse. Your new man, which was created according to God, in true righteousness and holiness, created, 
created. You know, and I love how the Bible plays around with words. One time it says imputed. The other time it says imparted. The other time it says you are born again. The other time it says you are adopted. You see, it's not conflicting statements. But every statement, whenever it is used, it is emphasizing a point. So when the Bible says you are born, it's simply saying it's something that cannot be undone. When it says you are adopted, it's simply saying it was by choice. You were taken in by choice. You were not an accident. Because sometimes when it only says you were born, you're like, ah, maybe, maybe I wanted a girl, then I got a boy. Right? But it says, no, no, you, you are adopted. So you are exactly what was wanted. Are you getting this? So when the Bible says, you know what? Righteousness is imputed. It was given to you. You may say, well, if it was given to me, then it may be taken away. Then it says, you were created. Come on. You were created by God. In righteousness and holiness, it's part of your DNA. You were created this way. Come on, are you hearing me? This is how you were created. You, you did not get it at, you know, after a lot of perseverance and it was a reward given to you. No, created. This is how I was created. Right? Just like in Genesis, created in the image of God and now created in righteousness and holiness. I'm not pursuing holiness. I was created in holiness. I'm not pursuing righteousness. I am righteous. Don't run around and say, I'm not ready. Says, now you are supposed to be the king and how old? You are eight years. Says, I'm not ready. Give me time to mature. We will learn how to do it when we are doing it. You learn how to do it when you are doing it. That's why sometimes it is necessary. You see, I used to wonder, you know, why, why would a person need a person to make them coffee in the office when they make coffee at their own house? Number one, you are creating employment, praise the Lord. Number two, it is, it is an indication, Right? Of the authority that you possess. So that when this one is preparing coffee, you concentrate on what is more important. And say, two, coffee, milk, tea. No. Someone will, will worry about that while you are busy dealing with, with what is important. Are you getting me? Now, the problem that we have, we have got very, very, in course, humble believers who say, I will make my own coffee. They don't know that while they are making their own coffee, they are robbing themselves of the time to reign and to rule in this life. So you want to do everything on your own when you have been given the power to reign and to rule. Some of you, you cannot live in royalty. Because your jacket you want to carry on your own because you can. You want to wash your own clothes. Me, I want to do my own stuff. How can you do your own stuff? Royalty dictates that you learn even things that you can do. 
others will have to do so that you, you give yourself enough time to concentrate on what is more important. We have to learn to reign in this life, not only this one. How can you go to a restaurant and you want to pick your own plates? Because you pick them at your house. Well, you go to a restaurant, no, I'll pick my own plates, I'll wash my own dishes. When you're flying, they say, sir, we have this on the menu and this on the menu. What can we give you? They will come. You just press that button. Says, I'm looking for the hostess. You're going all over. I'm looking for the hostess. I'm looking for the hostess. You are missing out on the movie. While you are looking for the hostess. You are losing out on time. If you were meditating on something, you're disturbing your meditation. He says, I will never have a chauffeur. Me, I want to enjoy it. I want to drive. Real cars are made not for you to drive, not for the owner to drive. Real cars are not made for you to drive. They are made for you to enjoy. She says, I mean, you, you buy a private jet. You want to be the pilot. <clears throat> All right. Because you see what is going to happen there. There is a party. That's the next thing that you find. The guy is in the three years. He hosts a party for everyone. Kings. Check. What, go and read. Verse 1 to verse 8. Go and read what is there. The colors that are there, the, the gold. You'll be shocked. She says, ah, me, I don't want, I'll be, there, there are many people who are suffering that need that money. A lot of people. Jesus says, poor people you will have forever. <laughs> don't stop reigning because they are poor people. No. The Bible says you always have poor people because they had broken that alabaster jar on Jesus and the disciples says, ah, no, this was going to be sold and given to poor people. You always have poor people. Today and forever. Just don't be part of the poor. Refuse. We, we will have poor people. We, we will have poor people. We will not be on the side of the poor people. Refuse. We are in this life to reign. I will reign when we get to heaven. My friend, if it, it's about ranks, you will be far. Your turn will be very far. Imagine when Abraham starts, then uh, Isaac goes, he says, I'm next. Jacob goes, the 12 sons, and you are waiting. Forget, we reign here. We reign here. We drive here. We sleep well here. We eat what we want here. Here on earth. Forget that gospel that I doesn't matter. I'm just look, focusing on heaven. Focusing on heaven. God never created you for heaven. He created you for earth. I was saying to my wife, I've been thinking more. Ah, why, why? At one time we were checking out on the houses. He says, why do you need a house with eight bedrooms? You know, you sleep in one. That's poor, poor thinking. 
If there is a house with 17, I'll get it. I don't care who lives in there, whether I'm one there, I'll walk in this one and walk in that one and walk in this one and walk in that one and walk in that one. With all the space in the world, you want to stay in a 20 by 20 room. That's enough. 20 by 20. In the name of who enjoy it in heaven. Refuse. Well, I'm, that's where I'm going tonight to sleep in. But while I'm there, I refuse that house. I'm here, I refuse you. In Jesus' name. Don't feel comfortable as if I want to be here. I don't want. You will know. That bed will know. I, it must know you don't like it. I don't like you. I, I'm going to sleep on you. Because at least you are better than the floor. But I don't like you. I'm a king. Refuse. Kings reign. Kings rule. Kings have authority. we like it here. We don't like it here. I don't know about you. I don't like it here. But I, we are here. But every time I come here, I say, you know I don't like it here. This is not it. This is not it. We are here, but it's not it. We are here, but this is not it. Start by speaking. Yeah. It's big Sunday. Where are we now? Created in righteousness and holiness. Okay, so it is in your DNA. Psalms 82 verse 6. <clears throat> As we get to the close of this teaching. I said you are gods and all of you are children of the Most High. It's interesting when it's coming from God. Eh? I say, I said. You don't even find where it was said, but he, say, he comes and says, I said. You are God's. Because everything in you is speaking to you. That's why you don't like what you eat. Something is telling you that this is not it, man. Ha! No, 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 no. Contentment does not mean being comfortable. Contentment means I'm grateful, but this is not it. I'm grateful because you provided, but this is not the final destination. I'm not worried about where I am, but I know where I am is not where I'm supposed to be. I said you are gods, all of you. You are children of the Most High. Yeah, Most High God. Now, I want you to see narrow. All right? It's called what in, in English? Yeah, okay. Just put the thing in the comment section, those who are watching us from all over the world. All right. You want to see narrow, right? John 10. So if you want to get the English definition, you connect this Psalms 82 verse 6, you connect it with John chapter 10, 34 to 35. 
Jesus answered them, so you will start and hear the background. Jesus answered them, is it not written in your law? I said, you are God's. If he called them gods to whom the word of God came, the scripture cannot be broken. Many years ago when I was in Bible school, I taught on this message. And I think I was way ahead of my peers in many ways. I taught on this. They thought I was a heretic. The title of that message was You Are the Deputy. You Are the Deputy. And we're taking it from uh, Psalms chapter number 8, verse 2. Who is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him. You have made him a little lower. Now, little lower there than angels. Now, that word angels there is not angel, angel. It's Elohim. You have made him a little lower than Elohim. You have made him a little lower than God. Give me that. Give me that, Gary. Psalms chapter 8, verse 2. Then we'll come back to this one. Uh, so it's not that one. Give me one. Oh, verse 6. Is it verse 6? Yeah, it must be verse 6. Give me verse 6. <clears throat> what? Yeah, just put the verse wherever it is. Oh, okay. Oh. Yes. So let's start on verse 4. Praise God. What is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you visit him. Now imagine, then he used to visit. All right? For you have made him a little lower than angels and have crowned him with glory and honor. That little lower is a little lower, not, not lower, a little lower, a little bit. Have you ever heard people say, a little bit? All right? You have made him a little lower than Elohim. Now, the only reason why the Bible says little lower is not because of the fabric that made you, no. It's the authority. God is God, the creator of the universe, and we are his offspring. That's how we become little lower. We are the offspring of God. Now, he comes to John chapter number 10. These guys are resisting. Jesus is trying to make it clear to them that when I say I am a son of God, I am not blaspheming. They say, no, no, no. How can you, being a man, call yourself a son of God? You are not that. And he says to them, it is written in your law, your own law. I said you are gods. In your Bible, it is there. If he called them gods to whom the word of God came, the scripture cannot be broken. You are king. Whether you believe it or not, you are. So the wise man came and says, where is he born king? 
Because we have seen his star and now we have come to worship him. Where is he born king? Why is there joy in, 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 in heaven when, when one sinner gets born again? A king is born. Let's hold a party. A king is born. We reign. We rule. Where? Here on earth. And if God gave you 127 territories, Ahasuerus, if daddy gave you 127 territories, make sure your authority is felt all over. If you feel like calling all of them, call them. From India to Ethiopia. Now, imagine now, you, which territory? It's not from Limpopo to, to the Cape. No. God gave you the whole earth. Even nations where you don't hold a passport. God says, I have given you earth. You can command favor from every country. The world is looking for you. You are looking at the world. Remember, Rehoboam took wisdom from unwise men. This is the only source of your wisdom. This book. You are a king. And you have a territory. Because the authority of a king is determined you know, around the world. Is determined by the territory that he governs and rules over. Your voice is in proportion to the territory that you rule. Can I repeat that? Your voice is, when it comes to world matters, why is it America, America, hey, what, what? It's the, the, the proportion, it's, it's proportionate to the territory that you have control over. The whole of America, way big. Look at China, very big. The territory, not only territory, because you can have territory, but if you are not able to use what God has given you in that territory, it will just be territory, but no power. But what territory do you have? You have power over your own body. You have power over your own mind. You have power over the whole world. The earth and its fullness belongs to God. Right? And because it, is, it belongs to God, he has given it to you. The moment you got born again, pew, full rights. Someone can say, well, even if you are not born again, you still have power over the earth. Yes, you have, but limited power. You can only govern using um, the tricks of the enemy, the prince of this world. So others are getting their power from the prince of this world. We get our power from the direct source, that is the king of heaven and earth. And you and me, we have authority. And we better believe that we have that authority. So Ahasuerus, 127 territories. His voice was heard. And he made sure at the end of the book, the God of Israel was worshipped in every territory. So the more the territory you gather for God, in your own life, that's where the name of God will be praised in your own life. When people look at you, they see the way you govern your own body. You rule over your own body.
They say, well, we learn. Praise God. Stand, please, if you can. I was talking to a friend of mine, and he said to me, he's, he's doing a video. I think once it's done, I'll share with you that video. Say it, it's called same WhatsApp group. God, you and God, you're in the same WhatsApp group. Same WhatsApp group. Are you hearing me? When you understand this, you never look down upon yourself and say, well, I'm not good enough. I'm too young. You know what? Your level of maturity does not qualify you to roll. But remember this, the rock from which you were cut. Peter knew that. That's why he became a successful apostle. Remember the rock from where you were cut. Remember who you are. You are everything that God says you are. I want you to just open your mouth and give God some praise. We bless your name, Lord. We thank you. We are always grateful for the reminders that we get from you. We thank you because of the authority that we possess in Christ Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, because we know that we are not inferior. We are above and not beneath. We are the head and not the tail. We are created in righteousness and in true holiness. And we reign in this life through Christ Jesus. And we thank you for the territory given to us by virtue of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now we are in total control of everything that happens. Lord, we are not accidents that are waiting to happen, but everything that happens to us, Lord, they happen on purpose because we possess the life of God on our inside. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Next week, Secretary.